This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to another Freakazoid episode of the Animaniacast. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program to bring you this special report from the WB Network. What exactly is the WB? Can someone tell me this? What's it mean, the WB? The water bucket? The wimpy boy? The wet bananas? I don't know what. The weird butt? What? I'm asking. This has been a special report from the Weird Butt Network. We now join Freakazoid already in progress. Hello and welcome to another episode of Freakazoid and Friends. Uh, it's the spin-off series, of course, of the Animaniacast. And we are the only podcast out there that lets you freak out about Freakazoid. Here we pick a random episode revisiting all the cultural references and gags. And in the end, we give the episode a water tower rating. I am Moron. No, wait. I am Joey. I'm sorry. Uh, and joining me once again are my co-hosts in California. It's my brother, Nathan. I am Nathan. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. I don't do voices. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, we were so close. Unless to it's Yoda, I'll do a Yoda voice. But okay, okay, you have to say like, do you, you, you hear say I am Kelly in a Yoda voice or Kelly I am? Mm, Kelly I am. Mm. There we go. Perfect. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, he's he's from another planet. It, it's you know, it all it all fits, right? Well, <laughs> today we are talking about yes, as Nathan put in the show notes, a very random episode of Freakazoid. Mm-hmm. Goodness knows how random we it's are. It's not really, though, is it? No. Well, I think every episode of Freakazoid is very random in many ways. <laughs> so in many ways, this episode is perhaps one of their most random. Uh, but this is uh, sequentially the same as we've been going. We're going one, two, and now we're into episode three of Freakazoid. But you never know which episode we're going to do. Yeah. Like next week, we could do four for all we well, know. Well, next week, I mean, we're not doing Freakazoid. So. Well, yeah. But I mean, in four weeks from now, we could do four for all I know. Yeah. I think that's a strong <laughs> bet. If I were in Vegas, I'd put all my money down on episode but four. Who knows? But who knows? It you could never be. Know. <laughs> um, so today's episode features... The segments, uh, well, we'll just call them the collective moron segments. Uh, and then there's sewer rescue, the big question, and <laughs> which is another alien segment. And then legends who lunch, as well as, uh, some network sensor stuff and, uh, some freakazoid playing chopsticks and, uh, a, uh, a parody of a Carnival Cruise Line ad. So, yeah, this is a, a random episode, I would think. I think <laughs> definitely. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, somewhere were to ask you about this episode in just a few words, uh, what would you tell them? Uh, let's start with Nathan. What would you tell him? 
Um, it's like a science fictiony episode, at least half of it. <laughs> that's, that's true, very true. And what about you, Kelly? Chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks. Chop chop. <laughs> yes, they go. <laughs> you said you did it much better than Freakazoid did, by the way. Uh, <laughs> have to admit. <laughs> well, That was because I was inspired by Wacko. Yes, exactly. Another episode, by the way, uh, another episode that was actually written by Paul Rugg. So who knows if, um, I don't know if the, if the song uh, Chopsticks has a special, you know, meaning for Paul Rugg. If he just, it's his favorite piano song, perhaps, because he had Wacko sing it and he had apparently Freakazoid play it as well. So who knows? Chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks chop chop chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks and chopsticks chop chop Well anyway Nathan tell us when did today's episode first premiere Oh boy I'm so glad you asked cuz I had to do so much research trying to figure this out like, how come no one knows? And it turns out everyone knew already. I was just <laughs> not looking. Uh, September 23rd, 1995. Uh, that was a Saturday. Um, it was also the same day as an Animaniacs episode, the one with uh, Hard Days Warner. Uh, remember that? And the Please Please Get a Life Foundation. Oh, wow. Uh, and then, so if you remember back when uh, I read what happened on that day, uh, it was a day after millionaire Steve Forbes announced his candidacy for the 1996 Republican Party as a for a nomination. And uh, one day after movies, Canadian Bacon, Empire Records and Showgirls were released. Well, I remember we're, we're, when we're recording this, we're already starting to get into the political 2020 race. And um, I, Steve Forbes, I, I do remember him. I do remember him going to run and he was had the whole flat tax thing i believe is was his whole thing and i had no idea what the flat tax was <laughs> except that um it was popular question mark with some people and other people think it, it was the stupidest thing in the world but um steve forbes seemed like a nice enough guy i suppose just a very nerdy guy and he had forbes forbes magazine there you go we could use we could use a nerdy president. Don't I you think? think? I think we need more nerds in politics. I guess Obama was kind of, he, he was into pop culture and seemed to kind of know what was Obama going on. Obama did but, like Star Wars. Obama did like yeah. Star Wars. but he, And I guess Reagan did too. Oh yeah, that Reagan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to George Lucas's chagrin. <laughs> Reagan liked Star Wars. But um <laughs> But yeah, we need a nerdy president. I think uh, you were tired. I'm tired of people that uh, you know presidents that uh, are trying to prove something, and you know nerds are just you know they're the people who just want to get stuff done and get it right. And yeah, more nerds vote nerd for president in 2020. <laughs> and if that means Trump is nerdy, then sure, vote for him. I guess right. I don't know. We're, no. sure, we're not political. No, they should vote for the brain. Vote for the brain. That's right. A true nerd. <laughs> he is very nerdy. So maybe nerds are not not, not the best person to put into office. <laughs> He's pretty nerdy. Okay, I take back everything I said about nerds. Okay, let's go ahead and move in to our discussion of episode three of Freakazoid. And we're going to start off with, uh, I guess, a discussion of the uh, moron segment. <laughs> Thank you. 
And these moron segments were written by Tom Ruger. The first, this is actually kind of a cold open slash moron opening. Uh, the cold opening of this is Freakazoid is at the White House, and Bill Clinton's there, and uh, there there's a nuclear warhead that has landed right on like the doorstep of the White House. But Freakazoid has saved it, you know, saved everybody, and everyone's there to say yay. And apparently, they just let people get on the, the White House lawn because <laughs> there's like. <laughs> Thousands of people just there, including celebrities. We have, uh, uh, you know, Sharon Stone is there and Princess Diana. They're both very much like, hey, Freakazoid, what's up? And on behalf of the United Kingdom, I want to personally thank you, Freakazoid, in a very personal way if you catch my drift. Yeah, we'll cool your jets, Princess, and wait your turn. He's taken. Sharon and even John Paul II comes down to bless this uh, this whole scenario. Uh, what happened, I guess, was they just got they just started the show early, so yeah, we missed the very beginning. We missed the all episode. the action. Oh man, this was without a doubt the most exciting freakazoid adventure of all time. Hey kids, sorry you missed it, but I got started early today. So. They they go on to uh, you know say well Freakazoid how did you save how did you dis you know dis- diffuse the bomb here he goes oh it's easy you just uh you know mess with this plunger and go figure the whole place blows up allow me to be the first one to say ouch and that's the Ooh. end of that segment right there I guess let's talk about the first bomb segment uh, what are some of the things that you too liked about it. Uh, let's start with you, Nathan. Uh, Pope John Paul II was hilarious. <laughs> I thought. Um, I even like. I'm. I don't know if it's just my imagination, but I can totally hear people like laughing in the background as he's talking. But oh well, when he messes up Prigozhin's name, it was either that or your your brain was just uh, <laughs> laughing, laughing at laughing it so loud. I, I don't know, but every time I hear, like, it sounds like Paul Rugg, like, laughing, just, you know. <laughs> this was, without a doubt, the most exciting freak of Let me try this again. What about you, Kelly? I also liked the Pope. I thought he was funny. <laughs> yeah, the... the... <laughs> Let me try this again. Uh, yeah, I liked the, uh, I like seeing the, the caricatures of, uh, Princess Diana and, uh, Sharon Stone were, were pretty interesting. Uh, the fight between them, the little cat fight that they have, uh, Princess Diana was really going after, uh, Sharon Stone, just pulling her face and at one point Sharon Stone, like, bites Princess Diana's leg. Uh, this of course is very, it's, it was bittersweet because, you know, shortly after, when did Pr- Princess Diana uh, die in the car? August 1997. 97. So, like, yeah, two years later, Princess Diana would, of course, uh, die uh, in that in that car crash. So, we are still sad. Yeah, exactly. So, seeing this episode years later, you know, it would be always kind of like a sad thing, you know, like you go, oh, there's Princess yeah. Diana. Oh. <laughs> uh, so you never know, you know, how these things happen, but. Um, but still, it's a very funny episode. Very funny uh, opening segment, I suppose. 
Uh, I didn't realize that was Sharon Stone at all. Yeah, I just knew it was Sharon Stone because of the way he goes, Sharon. <laughs> I only knew after I looked it up in the show notes. Oh, well, yeah. uh, I was like, Sharon? Who? Sharon who? <laughs> <laughs> I think the writers of Freakazoid and Animaniacs, uh, they had a thing for Sharon Stone. She was She was big in the mid 90s let's put it that way you know if you said sharon uh in the 90s people knew who you were probably talking about you know Hmm. basic instinct was uh it was big it was big i still have never seen that movie i think i saw some of it one time i've seen parodies of it yeah i've seen so many parodies of it i'm pretty sure i've seen yeah (laughs) there's that one uh where's that one um uh, great, there, I, I want to say great parody, but there's a, I don't know if it's wrongfully accused or what's the one where um, it's like a mafia film. It's a mafia parody. I think they put, there were so many, you know, different uh, parodies of it at the time uh, yeah. that I just, yeah, you're right, Nathan. I really feel like I've, I've gotten the gist of basic instinct. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Anyway, uh, let's go, then we go to the uh, the theme song. Actually, before that, we get to the network sensor, and the network sensor pops up a few times just to be well hit once again by anvils that are always flying down to hit her. And I just want to assure our young viewers out there that no one was hurt in the previous scene. Everyone is okay. <laughs> including me. Uh, she looks like, and I'm forgetting the actress's name, but you know the the woman, she's in uh, the Harry Potter films. Uh, she was in Hook. Um, I think she played Wendy, like the old old Wendy in Hook or something like oh, that. Oh, Maggie Smith. Yeah, doesn't she kind of, she kind of look like Maggie no. Smith to me. Not at all. Not at all? <laughs> well, no. that's who I always thought I mean, it looked like. they're both women, I guess. Well, when I was a kid, I thought that looked, I thought it was a caricature of Ma- Maggie Smith. And I'll, I'll say, okay, but Maggie Smith, just to me, has always looked, it's, a, it's remarkable. She's just one of those people that has looked pretty much the same for the past 20 or 30 years. Well, it's because she's always plays old. Yeah. When she was young old people so now she's not in clash of the titans she's actually in the original clash of the titans oh well i I just think back in hook like playing this like such an old like oh man that lady's she must be like 90 years old she's gonna die any (laughs) second now and she lived another 30 years and plus she's still around yeah it's like wilford brimley because he's been old my entire life and i mean he's still old yeah yeah exactly well regardless of who she's a uh, uh, parroting, you know, she you made me, you know, think about Maggie Smith at least. And uh <laughs> still around. It's kind of like Don Knotts, you know, Don Knotts was playing old characters uh since he, you know, he was in his 20s or something like that. It's just what happens <laughs> when you when you look like that. Okay. Well, we come back and then we get to uh perhaps <laughs> my favorite segment of this entire darn cartoon. And this is uh, Moron. Uh, Moron is a is an alien that comes down to the White House. They first think that uh, Moron might be delivering the wisdom of the universe, but if he doesn't, they'll just blast him, as the general says. Well, Moron is going to give him the special message, and just can't really get it out. 
always says his name's Moron. I am Moron. I come with a important message for all mankind. And what is that message? I am Moron. So they just blast him. <laughs> I feel like it's, like it's like I am Groot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like <laughs> he probably has this like sophisticated language that we just don't understand. <laughs> Maybe, although. Uh, there's certain things of of uh, Moron's design that I think are just so funny. Like his helmet, starting with the top, his helmet, the radioactive symbol on the top, and the nipple on the top of it. The baby, like the baby bottle nipple, looks mm-hmm. weird. And then on his shirt, which doesn't fit, he has an R and an L to show him which side is right and left. Um, mm-hmm. He's apparently been eating a lot when he's on the ship because. My, it's my guess is it must have been a very long uh, flight from his planet to uh, to Earth because that shirt does not fit well. Well, anyway, we'll see him a little later in the episode. But that's Moron, and he's voiced by Stan Freeberg, by the way. And Stan Freeberg was a, a legendary voice actor and comedian and satirist and songwriter and just a, a hilarious guy. Uh, he wrote many, many, many funny songs. In fact, he was very much kind of the Weird Al Yankovic of his day. And he also did a lot of uh, Looney Tunes characters, as well as, I think he was even Cecil and Beanie and Cecil. So, yeah, Stan Freeberg. Uh, I I bought a lot of his albums in the 90s, not even knowing that he was moron. But let's talk about this segment. Uh, Kelly, let's start with you. What did you think about the segment Moron? What did you call her? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I mean, it made me think of like Mars Attacks. (laughs) That's okay. Yes. Um. Which I've never even seen all of that movie, but you know, I I think they're kind of standing around the White House and talking to the aliens, from what I remember. So it it sort of reminded me of that, and he looked goofy. <laughs> and Nathan, what about you? Um, I know what two plus two is, but <laughs> moron didn't. What is two plus two? Twenty-two. I am Moron. We can pretty much rule out the wisdom of the universe. Then let's blast it. <laughs> uh, I loved this uh, segment as a teenager. Um, I was looking at the date. I was, I think, it was a junior in high school when this came out, and I would. I would loved it so much that I would actually recite it to my friends, uh, just doing my moron voice, just the <laughs> the whole thing. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, every noise that he makes 
made me laugh. Um, I, but I, and I, and I know I'm speaking as it very like with a lot of nostalgia, but I still think it's funny. I think it's very funny, in fact. Um, but keeping that in mind, I mean, it's it's interesting to see Kelly, who has never seen these episodes before. <laughs> it may not work necessarily for a first time for an adult at the same time. Necessarily. Maybe for some. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I quote that all the time. I think that's probably the most quoted thing from Freakazoid is that I am moron. Oh, really? <laughs> I feel like it. Maybe it's just because uh, I'll just randomly say it. But <laughs> well, I made a—I actually made a GIF of uh, Moron because he's just. A, uh, I'll have to put that up on our Facebook page or something like that. Uh, but he uh, just because the, the parts where he just is twiddling around doing nothing, and uh, and you think he's going to say something, and of course nothing happens, and it just—it really is a sketch that keeps going and very reminiscent i think in some ways of of handman i guess because mm-hmm. handman just kept going and you think it's going to end and now he's going to do it and it keeps going so yeah so moron just kept on stalling and actually never said anything <laughs> they just blast him away so perhaps kelly you know i did you you know like that when it was just he was he was done <laughs> they just blasted him away Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I get the feeling that, Moron, you did not really find this segment incredibly funny. No. Um, <laughs> I liked the, I did like the part where the aliens came to ask about the Barbie, but is that considered part of the Moron sketch? Well, we'll get to that in a little moment. So, yes. Okay. That's... I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to the whole next alien segment, we'll call it, uh, we have Lord Bravery. And uh, with Lord Bravery's first cartoon called Sewer Rescue. And Sewer Rescue was written by Paul Rugg and it was directed by Dan Reba. And it started off with a very cool uh, song. Feels no pain, he can fly quite fast. In feats of strength, he is unsurpassed. His grip is firm, never quaver. Re-brain, Tanya's superhero, he's Lord Bravery. Lord Bravery, Lord Bravery, Lord Bravery. Sung to the tune of a British tar is a soaring soul. From Gilbert and Sullivan's HMS Pinafore. Which is, again, we're talking about Paul Rugg, and as we mentioned last episode with Tom Ruger, Paul Rugg is a huge, a huge fan of Gilbert and Sullivan. And so no big surprise. I mean, he wrote HMS Yakko, and here he is doing uh, some more Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> but if you don't recognize the song from Gilbert and Sullivan, you may recognize it from Sala singing a couple of lines in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
In- or Raiders of the Lost Ark, whichever you prefer to call it. Indeed. A British tar is a soaring soul as free as a mountain bird. His energetic fist should be ready. Uh, I love that song, and I, I but I could not uh, grasp the similarity between it, probably because Sala and these <laughs> Rob Paulson policemen sound and look so differently they all it looks very much in the style of a you know british very you know monty python-esque uh look to it so anyway and of course the sketch is very monty python-esque this whole sewer rescue thing so Mm -hmm. i thought it had a python oh it's it it seemed this this is like paul rugg channeling monty python uh okay but my monty python uh knowledge pretty much extends to the holy grail oh yeah (laughs) well (laughs) kelly why don't you tell us what happens here in sewer rescue okay so uh lord bravery is hanging out at his house uh trying to search for crime and um his wife and mother-in-law and his mother-in-law sort of looks and sounds like mom ma fratelli in the goonies by the way (laughs) and um if you haven't seen the Goonies, go watch the Goonies because it's amazing. Or throw Mama from the train, which I think is mm-hmm. that's it's better. And it's executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Thank you. That's true. But Danny DeVito directed the other one. So, you know, if but you're a Danny DeVito it, fan, like I know all these meme creators are. <laughs> these guys, they have to put Bill, Danny Bill DeVito in everything. Spielberg's better. Okay. Spielberg is better. I agree. Uh, <laughs> So uh, they want him to go get some tea out of the kitchen because they can't walk the three feet to go get the tea. And he gets the tea and they complain because he doesn't have the sugar. And, you know, they're, they're like, you're not really a very good superhero. And he's like, what do you want me to do? Fly around looking for crime? And they're like, yeah, it's a really good idea. Why don't you go do that and go pick up some sugar and some sticky buns and everything while you're at it? Mother does have a point, Nigel. This superhero business doesn't seem to be paying off. Well, not yet, but it will. You think Superman started right at the top? Yes. Well, yes, he did. He did, but not the others. Takes years to establish yourself as a superhero. All the same, a little less time listening to your radios and more time spent rescuing people might be better. Well, what do you expect me to do? Just fly around all day looking for people to save? Good idea. And get some milk while you're at it. And some sugar. Oh, and Nigel, some chickpeas for the salad. And bouillon cubes. Yes, Mother needs her bouillon cubes. And some sticky buns. Don't forget the sticky buns. Don't forget the sticky buns. So he finally goes out and um, there's a, a man trapped in the sewer and yelling for help. And so he approaches the sewer and um, he says, I am Lord Bravery and I'm going to help you out. But then he's like, what is the smell? And the guy says, um, I think I'm in the sewer. <laughs> so he's like, ew, gross. And so he doesn't want to go down there. And he offers to throw a rope and ask the guy, why can't he just climb up? He's like, well, if I could climb up, I wouldn't be calling for help. I'm a superhero, aren't I? I don't know. Are you? Yes, I told you. I said, fear not. Lord Bravery has arrived. Oh, I thought that was a joke. A joke? Yeah, you know, to keep me from focusing on my horrible pain. Yes, well, it's not a joke. Good, because it didn't work. Oh, 
Look, I'm going to throw a rope down to you. A rope? I thought you were going to come get me. From the sewer? Superman would do it. Well, he's not here. Where Bravery's getting really irritated, but he won't go down in the sewer, but he, he was trying to help in his limited capacity and... The guy says, why don't you send down those turtles that wear the bandanas? Because I, I think they'd like it, you know. I, you know, they'd really enjoy it, by the way. Listen, would you please stop talking and just grab onto the rope, all right? Do you want to call for Superman or should I? Oh, fine. Poor Lord Bravery. He's just he's trying to he's trying to do his best job of being a British superhero, but can't quite get it done. I don't think he I don't know if he really wants to be a superhero unless it's convenient for him. Well, anyway, uh, uh, Nathan, uh, let's start with you. What were some of your favorite moments in Lord Bravery? Um, I liked the throw mama from the train mama. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, she was she yeah. was uh, voiced by I believe Mark Slaughter is his name, and uh, have you do you recognize that that same voice from an, an episode of Animaniacs at all? Um, no, no. <laughs> okay, I believe the cartoon was named uh, Windsor Hassel, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay, and uh, there's a that the Queen Mum is there. Uh- Oh, yeah. <laughs> she wants some tea, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do this poop anymore. I want some tea. So that's the he's doing the same woman voice, like, and it could be. I think it's probably based off of you know, uh, what's her face from uh, Goonies and Throw Mama from the Train, but. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That just might be his old woman voice and just coincidentally <laughs> sounds like that. I don't know. Jeff Glenn Bennett does the voice of Lord Bravery and he does a very John Cleese ish <laughs> voice right there. And uh, I mean, he did it a few times for on Animaniacs as well. I mean, he was like a the bitten on the butt waiter. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the candy store owner. In uh, the big candy store, what was like? Uh, what was that that thing's name? I don't know what his name. Was. Uh, Flax Flax Flaxseed. Yes. So he's been, you know, you got you got to get Jeff Glenn Bennett out there whenever you need a. You can't afford John Cleese. You get him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mar- Michael DeBars is was the man in the hole. I thought that was uh, Jess Harnell, but. Apparently it's not. If I could climb out, I wouldn't be yelling help now, would I? Well, you could have at least yelled help. I'm trapped in a sewer. What would that have done? Saved me a trip. (laughs) (laughs) I just like how it like he thought that it was all a joke so that he could distract him from the terrible pain he's in, which it didn't work. And it's like, it's very dark, but (laughs) (laughs) apparently, um, Michael DeBar is, uh, he played the reoccurring role of Murdoch on MacGyver. Oh. Apparently. We used to watch MacGyver. Yeah. I, I never watched the show myself. I know MacGruber, but I don't know MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, yeah, so I really like this little... I mean, just like little things. This poor Lord Bravery. Like, you know, he, tries, he wants to get, like, photographic proof of himself doing something for the newspaper so he can get more work. And what happens? The little boy runs off with the <laughs> with the camera. Mm-hmm. You know? You can't, can't win. Can't win. Well, after Lord Bravery, we have another alien visitor. And this one actually looks a little bit more intimidating. And it, uh, you know, it's a different ship. At first I thought it was Moron again, but it's not. It's a very, he's, he's not, Moron was like flying the same kind of ship from the day the Earth stood still. And this alien who comes out almost looks sort of like that alien, but without a metal mask. Anyway, he has an important question for Earth. And it's just, uh, who's, who's Barbie's sister? <laughs> and luckily, Freakazoid saves the Earth from these aliens and tells him it's Skipper, and that makes the aliens very happy, and they all fly off. Let me handle this. It's Skipper! Skipper. Huh. Hey, everyone! It's Skipper! <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, Kelly, what were... <laughs> Were you were you yelling that answer? Did you know this answer before the? Uh... I did and I didn't because <laughs> I was like, um, well, it it could be Skipper because she's Barbie's sister. But then there's she's also got a sister named Kelly. Yes, that's true. So um, Skipper was like the first sister that I remember that she ever had, and Kelly was like Kelly was like after I was even playing with Barbies. Yeah, so I want to say Kelly had... came out in like the late ninety, like mid to late nineties or something, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I never had the Kelly Barbie. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't sure which one they were going with. <laughs> so, um, but I figured it was one or the other. <laughs> I remember watching this and being very proud that I knew Skipper, even though it's like. <laughs> like who who cares about this this stuff but it was like a trivia question that i could answer at the time well, yeah <laughs> uh nathan anything like you liked about uh this cartoon it just it's funny how proud freakazoid is to know trivia and it's, it just makes it because trivia the whole point is that it's trivial knowledge you know like you don't need to know it yes. but this is hey happened to save the world exactly to, I mean, so if you're trying to be on jeopardy you need to know Exactly. So there you go. It's <laughs> and it could save the world. You never know when something you you knew you need to know this thing and there you go. It's And if if Bill Clinton were, were didn't have the help of Freakazoid, we would possibly all be dead because he thought it was yeah. pebbles. I all I can think of is pebbles. Pebbles, which is obviously <laughs> is from uh, Flintstones. Yes. So. <laughs> I thought it was pebbles. Uh <laughs> all right. Well, Moron comes back when it, once again. I am Moron. Now knock that off. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that that is a uh, reference to the classic comedian, and I'm stalling for time, Jack Benny. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot of nerve saying that I'm stealing your style. Everything I've done, show, I've done since I started in show business. For 22 years. <laughs> and if I were going to copy anybody, it wouldn't be an unfunny, untalented upstart like you. Well, now cut that! Are either one of you familiar at all with Jack Benny? And Mostly in name only. 
Bowling. Yeah. You know, he's a classic comedian and still regarded as one of the legends of comedy right there. So kind of a nice little obscure reference right there if you if you catch it. Now we get to the uh, the musical interlude. Ooh. Musical mm-hmm. interlude, not much to this. Freak- In fact, they never even animate Freakazoid's hands, so this really felt kind of tagged on, but still very funny for me. Uh, Freakazoid tries to play chopsticks, and he can't. And, uh, I mean, he can play it better than I can. That's true. <laughs> no. Like, you know what song he's playing. <laughs> he's playing it well enough that you know the song. But I think Chopsticks is one of the only songs I can play on the piano. It's, <laughs> and I think if Freakazoid were just trying to do it just the standard, uh, I'm in second grade and I'm learning a song on the piano version versus the flourishes that he tries to put on and fails each time. <laughs> He'd probably do pretty good, but hey, it works. <laughs> okay, so now let's get to uh, a short segment. It's called Legends Who Lunch. And now, the Legends Who Lunch. Candid conversations with the superheroes of yesteryear. And Legends Who Lunch was written by Tom Ruger. And it was also directed by Dan Reba. Nathan, tell us what happens here in Legends Who Lunch. All right. Well, uh, we joined Freakazoid, who's a server. Um, and he's listening to some candid conversations from superheroes from yesteryear, I believe. <laughs> and they're, so they're all older superheroes. Um, and they're telling uh, old stories. So like Aqualad or someone is talking about when... He almost uh, killed Aquaman's Uncle Leo, who was turned to a shrimp scampi or something. Um, and then another uh, uh, superhero is talking about the time they he fought the green fog and it smelled really bad. And then another guy's like, well, you should have smelled the brown fog. It was so much worse. There he is, the brown fog, choking you, your eyes burning. I thought I was going to die. Well, what'd you do? What could I do? I lit a match, he blew up, end of story. <laughs> it's like a part joke. It's pretty good. And uh, <laughs> uh I oh and then uh that that same superhero returns his food because uh the, there might be a bomb in the pastrami. Um and uh, that's pretty much how the whole segment is. Yes, that, really that, that that guy who's returning the pastrami, voiced by Maurice LaMarche is the Crimson Kvetch. Mm. Um, yes. So there you go. In fact, yeah. we'll, we'll go ahead and go over the, the gag credit, I suppose, right now, because it basically lists off all the characters that you see in this scene. Uh, we have the gag credit at the end of the show today. It says, Ant Eater, like A-U-N-T, Ant. Yeah, that's the one that has, she has a long mouth. Yes, Ant Eater. <laughs> Lady Varicose. Mm. The Mighty Avarian, Captain Sharpay, The Stigmatist, Frost Heaves, Sergeant Scurvy, and Crimson Kvetch appear courtesy of Freakazoid Comics. Freakazoid Comic Characters, the F! exclamation mark, and all other indica and logos may not be duplicated, drawn, or talked about without prior... (laughs) Cons- written consent of Freakazoid Comics, a subsidiary of Time Warner. Failure to abide by these restrictions will bring swift and appropriate action by what will soon be the world's largest communication company. We're so big, 
We could make your cable go out if we wanted, or print hurtful lies about you in time, or follow you wherever you go, and you'd never know we're doing it, because we're so secretive and big. We could, so watch it! <laughs> so... I feel I feel a little scared now doing all these clips of uh, Freakazoid and stuff because now I'm worried that Time Warner and stuff is going to come after me. Perhaps you know they're not as big as they used to be. Disney is the the people you have to worry about now. There, true. Anyway, well, Kelly, what are some of the things in uh, in this uh, one right here that uh, you liked? I thought the characters were well drawn. They had very interesting designs. <laughs> the guy yes. with the like the fridge on his head. I don't know which character that was, but that's. Uh... I don't know what that was about. <laughs> um. The, oh man. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if I can figure. Zippy the fast boy, the green. I don't know. I, it, yeah. I can't. I don't know who he could be, but he. he I don't see any fridge boy. So I'm just gonna say uh, frost heaves. Oh, frost heaves. Yep. That's got to be him. Well, mm-hmm. Nathan, what do you think? What did you what did you like about this one? Um, uh, the brown fog joke, I guess. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the character design is probably the most interesting thing yeah. in the episode. Well, this uh, one, I, I I do. This one is kind of a a low part, I guess, for the episode for me. I still kind mm-hmm. of is slightly amused by it. I like the whole pastrami joke. You know, it's gonna blow <laughs> that stuff, but. Um, I don't know. I've really felt like it was like the beginning of a concept and then it never really got as far as it could, you know? Mm. Um, like, I don't know. It seems, it seems like it's one of those shows, like almost like uh Jerry Seinfeld does now with, uh, with, what's his one coffee show that he does comedians and cars or whatever, mm-hmm. where they just go and they talk in the diner and stuff like that. It almost felt that, that kind of a segment to me where you get these famous old, people <laughs> together the diner from the diner exterior kind of reminded me of Seinfeld. yeah it did didn't it? Uh, that that uh, delicatessen they were in and it was a, yeah it really seemed like it was taking place in new york perhaps especially with the maurice lamarche's very thick uh, yiddish accent going on right there <laughs> which uh i did think was very very good uh but yeah Let's go ahead and move on to a few little quick segments. Uh, we have the finale. There are actually two finales, I guess, to this episode. And first, we take you all the way over to the Hollywood Bowl. And Freakazoid's there, and he's saying goodnight to everybody, and Moron steps out <laughs> one more time. Me remember message! Could it be I am Moron? No, it is a uh, um a giant comet heading to Earth. And everyone very quickly, frantically but very <laughs> quickly, uh escapes the Hollywood Bowl before the uh the comet hits everybody. And uh actually oh that I forgot to say that uh Freakazoid saved Moron and they all left. So I don't know if he had to really worry, though. Moron just got, like, shot at, blown up, and everything. I don't think anything can destroy Moron. Uh, yeah, I think he's indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't need to save him. He could he could survive a, a comet hit. But perhaps the, the biggest cultural reference in this sucker right here was the fighting scene. And Freakazoid says that 
you know, we hope you enjoyed watching this episode as much as we had fun making it. Of course, they're not really having a lot of fun on the side. Paul Rugg and John P. McCann are strangling one another. Tom Ruger and Paul Dini uh, is, uh, you know, Ruger has a, Paul Dini's like choking Tom Ruger. He's like sitting on his uh, shoulders, I believe. And of course, there's the one and only Mr. Steven Spielberg. I didn't see him. Yes, you did. You did it? This is How did you not? Yeah, I was like, oh, Kelly's going to be up. so I, excited for this. Yeah. I always watch it on my phone. And mm. so uh, it went, you know, small screen. It went by kind of quickly. But I, I should have, like, paused it and looked because I looked. Uh, I did. Well, I always look. <laughs> you always got to keep you got to keep your eye. I'll give you a we'll give you a heads up next time because he does have at least. Well, the next appearance, I don't know if you can't if you don't see uh, Spielberg. What I think on his next appearance, I'm I'm a little worried uh, about it. And oh, actually, it's on the same episode. Obvious. Yeah, uh, it's he's on at least two. No, he's on at least two times. One of which he's back with. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're going to like it a little bit more. Moron does come back later in the series, oh, really? Kelly. <laughs> but Spielberg is on the episode, too. So I think you're... And it's a very Spielbergian episode. I think you're going to... I think you're going to like Moron when he comes back next time. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, when can we get to that one? Yeah. We, come, we get to that one in uh, about uh, uh, a while. <laughs> it's oh, going to be a few months. months so oh, wow. so okay. patience. Patience! Your diet is time to eat as well. <laughs> anyway, but uh, Tom Ruger is fighting over a script. They're pulling on a script, and Gene McCurdy's on one end, Steven Spielberg's on the other, and Tom Ruger's on the third end. So, pretty cute. And uh, I didn't know the other folks. Like, those are the ones I could see right away and go, okay, I recognize those caricatures. But uh, the other ones are apparently uh, Jack Hyder, Mitch Schauer, Dan Reba, Scott Gerald's Ronaldo del Carmen, which are, you know, some of the directors and stuff like that. So anyway, you can hear Paul Rugg's voice, by the way, and then uh, Rob Paulson and Tress McNeil are voicing some of the other folks. So, um, yeah, there, there you go. There's, there's your little segment right there in the Hollywood Bowl. Nice little way to close out this little segment, or so we thought. Uh, Nathan, what did you think about the the finale here in the Hollywood Bowl? Um, I liked seeing Spielberg and uh, just a nice uh, goodbye from Freakazoid. It was nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Kelly. I, I guess you can't say your favorite part was Spielberg because you didn't see him. No. But, if you... I I have betrayed him. Oh no! Sorry, Stephen. Well, it's okay. What 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 was there anything else in here that you that you thought uh, was cool? Uh, I mean, it would have been cool if I'd seen Stephen. <laughs> um. Also, it was cool seeing the Hollywood Bowl because it made me think of John Williams. So yeah, I've never been to Nathan. You you actually live in L.A. Obviously, have you gotten a chance to actually see anything performed at the Hollywood Bowl, Bowl yet? Um, I don't know. <laughs> he does, um, John Williams does like a concert every year right about the time of Dragon Con. So I, I haven't been to any of those. I've only been to Tanglewood and here in Atlanta, but, uh, it would always, it, it always seems like it'd be cool to go. I still have yet to see, 
uh, John Williams perform live. I really want to make sure to do that, obviously, as soon as possible. Because he's not going to be doing... You can't think he's he's getting out there. He's not going to be doing performances live that much. Okay. Okay, sorry. Okay, I got, I've been, I've been, you're a bunch of static. I know. It's like, I don't know what Kelly loss of, <laughs> she's losing air on there or something like that. <laughs> Silence. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so we think that's the finale, but no, we get one extra little bonus finale. And this is a parody of the out here commercials from, I believe, Carnival Cruise Line. Out here, we're on vacation. We have left work behind. That's why we don't have any clips to show from the next episode of Freakazoid. We'd better get to work. So fade out already. I don't really remember these out here commercials at all. Do you? I know, Nathan, you probably don't. But, Kelly, do you remember? Yeah. I remember Kathy Lee Gifford ones. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, if you could see me now. <laughs> Wasn't that carnival? Yeah, I believe so. Well, apparently that was a better um, publicity thing yeah. than the other well, one. Kathy, I don't maybe remember they, Maybe this was, like, when they got rid of Kathy Lee for a while and they decided to be all cool and... It almost looked like a Calvin Klein type ad, right? Or Calvin Klein obsession. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, just a little note on this, uh, Nathan. Did they? Do you notice they used these a lot more, like in the DVD? I think in the it might have been in the first volume. Did they have a list, like a bunch of these in on there? Yeah, I, I watched all of them. They're on the third disc, or the you know side B of the second disc, um, and they have like six of them or something. <laughs> Right, because they just watch. Yeah, what was the story? They didn't. They needed promos or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, the WB was like, "Oh, we need promos for Freakazoid," and they hadn't made anything yet. Um, So they're like watching TV and they're seeing these carnival cruises. They're like, "Oh, we should just do that," and that's what they did. They just, um, (laughs) and they're like, "We even say it in the promos." You know, there's a bunch of them, but the one they show on this one is. The one where they say we need to get to work. Yeah. We need. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's even funnier when you think of it as a promo because this it really goes to show you how they were just making this show as fast as they possibly could. I think the story is that they had like half the amount of time that they're usually allowed, or uh, you know, to uh, to make a show. Like they had to <laughs> scramble to get it out in time. So perhaps that's one of the reasons why they just got to get you know get away with so many just random things uh, like in today's episode. Now, I personally liked it a lot, but I want to find out what you guys thought about it. Let's go ahead and get to our Water Tower rating. Well, what do you think? Out of five Water Towers, how many would you give today's episode nathan let's start with you oh boy okay um hmm um i don't think it was as good as last week's episode or i'm saying last week's but you know a month ago but uh uh i gave that one a three and a half so 
I'm going to have to go lower than that. Do I go to two and a half? It's, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say two and a half. I feel bad, but I'm going to do it. Two and a half. Because, uh, you know, I, there's none that like like I enjoyed the moron segments. And I think everything else I didn't really enjoy that much, I guess. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. the I, I like the musical interlude. Uh-huh. You know, but for a Freakazoid episode, if I was like, oh, you got to see this Freakazoid episode, I probably would... Uh, Skip this one after seeing it, oh, even though I remember I remember gasp. it so fondly. Gasp! Yeah. Well, Kelly, now it's your turn. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to you, and then we're gonna end with me, so we can end on a high note. Okay, Kelly, what do you? <laughs> what did you think? What was your rating of today's episode? I I like the two and a half score too, because um, I would rank it lower than. I guess what I ranked the first episode and I definitely liked it less than the previous episode. Um, I, I can't even give it po- points for Steven because I didn't see him. So, so <laughs> we're going to put Steven in there. They need to make sure that I, um, so points deducted <laughs> <laughs> my lack of Steven sighting. Um, so, uh, yeah, two and a half sounds good to me. All right. Well, I like this one more than the last <laughs> episode. And in fact, um, I almost, I almost wanted to give it. I was like, because the moron segments, I just, I, it's total nostalgia for me, and I just remember just laughing, literally laughing out loud hysterically when I first saw these things. And when the sensor got hit, I would laugh and laugh and laugh. And when the when Moron would say his thing, I would laugh and laugh and laugh. And just, and just uh, being able to easily, or at least for me, easily do the impression of uh, Moron and uh, just memories of, uh, I want to say entertaining my friends with it, but probably more annoying my friends with it. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I was in drama. I I acted weird. Uh, I I just got to give this one a four out of five. I almost gave it four and a half, but you two talked me down by a half water tower. So, um, <laughs> the only segment I thought was pretty weak was the, the the lunch one with the superheroes. I was just like, eh, like that one. Just it seemed like if you got rid of, like I liked all the randomness of the other stuff, mm-hmm. but um. It seems like they should have maybe gotten, if they had a, the opportunity to, you know, take their time on it, they could have, uh, you know, expanded on the, the lunch one or, made, you know, made them do something other than just eat or, I don't know, talk more about than just one story. But Lord Bravery, just, again, I, I think when I was younger, I maybe didn't like him as much, but now I really, really like him a lot. Four. Four, four water towers for me, so there we go. <laughs> well, next week we're going to be doing another comic book episode, so Nathan and I will be talking about issue, what are we on now? Issue number 14 or 15? I honestly forget. Somewhere up there. It's one. It's the <laughs> one with Pesto on the cover. I know it's that one. So we're going to be reading through that comic and reviewing it, but then after that, Kelly, we're all going to be talking about Tiny Toon Adventures once again. And you wanted to pick, I believe this was Season 2, Episode 9, called Henny Youngman Day. And why did you want to talk about this episode? Because, baby, plucky water go down the hole. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's the, the potty years episode. Uh, so we're going to be able to see 
uh, you know, little baby, little baby Plucky get potty trained, and uh, also Henny Youngman as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and talk about that soon, and we hope you enjoy that one. I know that's a classic right there. I can't wait to talk about that one. Let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Kelly, where can people get in contact with you online? Twitter, at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. Or email, email me at Kelly. Email me, Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. Very good. And what about you, Nathan? Oh, Joey, I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, DjangoFT, that's me. All right. Um, and uh, Discord, I guess, or something. I don't know. It's some other stuff. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely Discord as well. And, uh, of course, you can join us, the whole Animaniacast uh, folks. And, uh, hey, our listeners and also podcasters from the entire RetroZap crew over at discord.animaniacast.com. That can be your welcome link right there, ladies and gentlemen, to join Discord, the RetroZap Discord group, that is. And, uh, you know, talk about anything pop culture. There's even, like, sections now about what music you're listening to right now, which, um, I don't know. I don't listen to much music these days because I'm constantly listening to podcasts. So, uh, but hey, if you are (laughs) listening to music, (laughs) you could talk about it in there. And, uh, or, you know, uh, superhero stuff or, or any, you know, Star Wars stuff or really anything. So it's all there at discord.animaniacast.com. And of course, the Animaniacast, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can support us in many different ways. There's our T Public store, tpublic.animaniacast.com. You get a full collection of different Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain, uh, Freakazoid designs by. Uh, artists, and you support the artist, and you support us by making purchases there. And of course, if you're making purchases on a little site called Amazon, you could go to amazon.animanicast.com and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we will share your positive five-star reviews on the show. I think that pretty much does it. So, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying... Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Mm. Hello, Kelly. Quit.